Okay, this is Mistress Veronica, and you're listening to the Massacast, which is for people 18 years or older. Thank you. Before we get going, someone uh, emailed me uh, from Germany talking about uh, their big, huge fetish film festival uh, that'll be happening October 25th through the 29th. There's a link to the festival on the Massacast website, massacast.com. Uh, you can see more information about it on their website, but it's really huge. It's in Kiel, Germany, which I've told is about 60 miles north of Hamburg. It's like a five-day event. I'm adding this to my list of, of things I go to after I win the lottery. Um, but yeah, so they emailed saying, hey, do you mind saying us something about this? And I said, sure. You know, So I appreciate them listening, so this is sort of paying it forward, as it were. What else is new? Over the past couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of interviews. Uh, the reason is, is that my, my day job and my freelance jobs that I do outside of my day job are really going to be picking up. I'm going to be doing a lot of work with them, so I won't have as much time to do the interviews. So I'm kind of, you know, packing in as many interviews as I possibly can right now so that when I have less time, I'll still be able to put episodes out. I'm sure you were. You were really worried for a second there, weren't you? This episode, uh, someone who... Um, is a friend of a friend, Miss Nina Payne, um, who's traveled all over the world. Uh, she's uh, you got she wears many hats, and we talked about all those hats. She had a lot of good things to say in uh, in this uh, interview about about her travels and about her experiences, and I, I think you'll really enjoy it. I know I know I did. So here's my conversation with Miss Nina Payne. I'm a DJ as well, and I started DJing in '99, um, pretty much after high school, and. I moved to Tokyo after 9-11, and I was DJing there, and uh, among other things. Right. Um, and I started uh, getting involved at some fetish parties where I eventually started DJing at. And before I had gone to a fetish party, I'd always thought, you know, that BDSM was something that, like, middle-aged couples did in the Midwest who right. were bored with their marriages. Yeah. I really didn't have any idea what it was about. You know, I saw Pulp Fiction and I thought that looked right. that looked scary, right. you know? So I just had like a really, you know, um, kind of negative outlook on it. However, while I was growing up and becoming sexually active in high school, I was actually um, engaging in, in BDSM activities without even knowing it, you know, things that incorporating like... Uh, for sex fantasies and and uh, you know spanking and this and that tying up and I had no idea that was you know quite common um, and my boyfriends at the time would always be shocked that I'd be interested in exploring those things you know. Um, I always I'm, yeah I'm go always shocked but clearly they yeah. just went along with it. <laughs> they didn't say no. Yeah. That's <laughs> so kind, of, kind of a. I always find that very funny how. Uh, Guys can't get away with that as much when they're first starting out, right? They really can't get away with it as much. But women, when you're in high school or college or something like that, you can get away with a lot more because right, you yeah, know, the options are out there, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so, so is that what you find out? You'd say, okay, let's do some spanking, and they go, what? Okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then they would love it, of course, right. you know. Um, did they all really love it? or did? They, yeah, really? most of them did. I, I only had a couple instances, actually not even when I was um, in high school and college, but later on in my life, I actually found more uptight men the older I've been getting. Really? Yeah, which I feel like is so weird. Um, I remember I was with this guy and we were laying in bed naked together and I had started sharing some fantasies that I wanted to explore with him and he got very upset. He like sat up in bed and was like, I'm not looking for that kind of girl. I'm looking for a future wife and like started getting dressed. And I'm like, well, that's not what I'm looking for. Right. And what the fuck, well, <laughs> by the way? Uh, this goes back to, uh, there's some, some, some sort of, yeah, there's some sort of idea among some people. And I think this is, this goes both ways. There are women, vanilla women out there and, or maybe not vanilla, but just women and men who think, oh, the crazy sex, that's for when I'm, just yeah. showing my wild oats, but I would never have a relationship right, with that type of person, right? right? Uh-huh. And the on the flip side of that too is, um, it's a good thing you told this person early on. Oh at least, yeah, because mm-hmm. that way you find out. Then right? I'm not a, I'm not shy when it comes to that sort of thing. I'm I'm very reserved in lots of different ways, but in the bedroom with a partner, not at all. Like I'm not shy for asking what I want and. And I think that's a good thing because it kind of cuts to the chase early right. and, you know, there's not all these guessing games of 
you know? I, I was really jaded before before mm-hmm. my relationship with Saad. I was, my dating was just, you know, it was not very positive. I mean, I'd meet someone and then we'd really get along really well and, you know, run its course. Yeah. But like as far as my just general dating, if I met someone, mm-hmm. I remember being at a bar once and I was so tempted just when someone, when a woman bought me a drink once and I'm like, oh, this is kind of, not, maybe she, this is her way of kind of doing a little role reversal or something. I'm not sure. Right. And uh, I was so jaded. I just wanted to just look at her and say, so how do you feel about uh, inflicting pain and uh, <laughs> do the word CBT or pegging mean anything to you, you know? How funny! But how, so, how often do you run into guys? You said you said you're finding as yeah, you the grow older I, and the older they get as well. Um, um, that I, I guess they feel like you know they they have that stigma that you know once you tie the knot, it has to be a certain way. And right. I don't know. I'm just kind of like I want it all sort of person. Why, you know what why I mean? Is that? And what, what? I don't know. You know, and it's just silly, like silly. I mean, I think it's so light because I'm a dominatrix, right. obviously. So it's all like some of this stuff is very light to me. Who, where it might be a big deal to somebody else, yeah. you know. So you know, just like little things, like uh, you know, restraining someone and and role playing and that sort of thing, because it just blows somebody else's mind, and they just kind of put you in this category that they can't take you too seriously because you're kind of like this bad girl or maybe yeah. like you're too deviant for a long-term yeah. relationship. You're just for fun, you know? I've, I've heard that. And I was really surprised, actually, when when, uh, when I would talk to some of my friends who do it professionally mm-hmm. and they would talk about how, um, how their profession, you would think because they have so many different kinky people who are just vying for their time and, you know, yeah. paying for their time... I always thought, well, of course, they have probably people proposing to them all the time. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, usually you don't want to meet someone in that context. Right. Is that how it... That's so true. Yeah, that's a good point because, um, you know, when I go out and people ask me, oh, what do you do? I don't always st- straight up say, oh, I'm a dominatrix, right. you know, um, because I do have other things that I do. I, I DJ and I have my company. Um, and so I, sometimes when I'm meeting men, I don't put that forth right away because once you just say that word, all of a sudden that's all they can think about. And then everything else you say is like out the door, you know what I mean? And they just cannot get over the fact that you're a dom and then they want to hear about your work and they they want you to talk. And that's cool. Like I love talking about work. Um, But when I'm trying to get to know someone um, and I want them to know me as a person and not just as a dominatrix, it can really be a hard like obstacle obstacle to get over once you put it out there. I just... Yeah, you're right, because yeah. you, one of two things. Either they're going to be completely freaked out by it, right, and right. Like, which is good for you because you don't you mm-hmm. don't have to go through that later, mm-hmm. or they're going to be like, finally I can explore something. But they're, then they're only going to be only going to be thinking about how they can finally right. explore that one fantasy of theirs. Which is so like funny that. because when I'm looking for a partner, I'm not looking for someone to take on the submissive role per se. I'm looking for someone that I can switch it up with. Right. Maybe one time I'm submissive and right. then you're a dominant. You know what I mean? Um, and I have met a lot of guys that find out that I'm a dominatrix and they just want to stick to that sort of dynamic, you know, and they always want to be submissive or they always want to be on the bottom and then they want me on the top and that gets really freaking boring, you know? So yeah, that's another thing I kind of have to ease into, but it's so funny because there's been periods where I've dated guys for months and they didn't even know I was a dominatrix and it was just kind of not because I was ashamed of it. It was just like, nah, I'm not taking it too seriously anyway. I'm just going to have fun. The relationship wasn't enough and, to invest in. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. But um, there has been a f- couple relationships where, um, you know, a few months have gone by and I'm like, oh, I, should, I have to tell him. So sit the guy down, you know, and I'll say, you know, we need to talk about some things. And they get really nervous so fast because they're probably thinking, like, is she pregnant? Is right. she have AIDS? Oh, well, like, yeah. is she married? Like, well, what's going on? When I told you that rash was yeah. nothing? <laughs> well, as it turns out. Right. And so I'll say, you know, I'm a dominatrix. And, like, nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, thank God. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Whew. I'm like, you had Dutch Elm's <laughs> yeah, disease. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's kind of when, you know, obviously, um. If it gets to that serious point, usually I'm attracted to someone because I feel like they're going to be open-minded. I'm not going to be attracted to someone that's totally shut down, Absolutely. you know. So, yeah. So, usually, the, like, nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, cool. All right. So, what does that mean exactly? Like, are you having sex with people? Are you doing this? Like, so, I, you know, I just sit them down and I explain what I do. You know, there's a lot of things that exist in this in this uh, profession, but what I specifically do um, and we get that we get very clear about that, so there's no misunderstandings. Yeah. And then you know we can move forward, hopefully. And I haven't had anyone reject me so far. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> Knock good. on wood. Knock yeah. On wood. And uh, 
do you, do you find a big difference between your meeting people as a, a DJ as opposed to meeting people in a pro-dom situation? Do, you, do people approach you differently or... Uh, like at a fetish party or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I guess like how you were saying, you know, once you're, you kind of embrace that role, people sort of act accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that can be intimidating to some people that don't have a lot of exposure to the scene, you know? And um, for me, I think if you're involved in kink somehow that you have a sort of open-mindedness about yourself that you can talk to other people and and get to know other people on that level. You know what I mean? So as a DJ, I mean, you say you're a DJ and people are like, oh, cool, music, awesome, you're a girl, because there's not that many girl DJs. Um, But obviously when you say you're a dominatrix or you come out as a dominatrix, sometimes when I dress up and go out at night, I incorporate a lot of my dom outfits into my wardrobe. And, um, you know, that's always going to conjure up some sort of, like, feelings from certain people when they look at you, you know? Is that tax-deductible twice, then? Yeah. <laughs> it should be. It go, should I'm be. I'm doing it for two different careers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know why that's the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> that's very practical of you. Very telling. Yeah. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, yes, uh, dating. We're talking about well, dating. Well, actually, we, we've gone in a million oh, in different directions. Right. Um, yeah, I was DJing at fetish parties in um, Tokyo. And that's how I sort of got introduced to the whole, you know, the whole kink scene. And um, while I was there, you know, I was teaching English. I was working as a hostess. I was doing a bunch of different things. And um, I had met other women involved um, as dominatrix. They were mostly Eastern Europeans and... They had told me in Japan, like, the biggest request is, you know, tall blondes. And especially Northern American girls, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so they said, you know, would you be interested in, like, checking it out sometime? And I'm, I'm the type of person that's like, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> like, where do I sign up? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so and I sat in on some of their sessions and, and that. And it was so much fun. I just absolutely loved it. And um, it was funny because as soon as I started getting exposed to that um i noticed it in my everyday life i'm not sure if you're aware of what hostessing is in japan it's not like in america where it's like the hostess sits you down at a table see that when you said hostess the first thing i thought of was you were at a, a perkins like, or yeah, something no. you know, or, uh, <laughs> right. you know like yeah this, okay but what, what is hostessing so basically it's a place where japanese businessmen and their customers can go and have drinks with uh, English-speaking women that are beautiful, dressed up in like evening gowns, and you can sing karaoke, and you get paid for every drink they buy you, and you get paid, uh, you know, if they take you to dinner or if they get champagne, and you're doing the karaoke and all that. So I was doing that, um, and I thought it was really interesting because when I started getting exposed to the BDSM scene. I started uh, noticing the customers that were coming into this hostess club to just sit and chat with me right. would start, they would make these comments, you know, that I, I just went over my head before, but they'd make comments like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, just something to in- indicate that they were interested in, in you know, Some treating king. me like a goss- like goddess right. or, right, you know what I mean? And um, I had this British gentleman that used to come see me all the time and come to find out, you know, he had the, he loved, you know, spanking girls and this and that. And so he started bringing these Japanese submissive girls with him to, to meet me for drinks uh, at this place that I worked at. And, and, you know, they, we would sit and talk about all the things that he was going to do to his Japanese submissive, you know, all night long. And they get all like wound up and, and hot and right. then they would like leave me and then go do, um, go do their thing. And then the next day they'd be like, oh, that was amazing. And then finally I'm like, well, I've got to get on on this action, right. you know, like, I'm all getting worked up too, and sure. I'm just gonna sit here with my with my champagne, yeah. you know. So. so explain. So the hostessing thing. Yeah. What is the equivalent in America? Is it there isn't? Is that's it like a, that's a crazy thing. The, taking your clothes off. Not. I mean, I guess in a sense because you know, um, exotic dancers. You know, they they come and talk because they want you to get lap dances and mm. they want you to buy drinks. I don't, I don't know if they get kickbacks for the drinks, but um, there really is not an equivalent in the states. Um, there are some very private, low-key hostess clubs in New York, but it's mainly geared just for Japanese uh, clientele only, and the girls working there are Japanese as well. So it's not sex. Not at all. It's it, really it's just, just hanging out and spending time. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Like a lot of the gentlemen have an opportunity to meet these internationally drop-dead gorgeous women. Uh, they get to practice their English, have drinks, and you know, karaoke is huge. Yeah. 
in Japan. So, you know, they sing some karaoke with beautiful girls and it's all very like PG, like very PG. It's, it's really crazy. And I did it for a couple of years and made a lot of money doing so that. Did you find the kinkier people would request a certain genre of song to do karaoke? <laughs> like That's funny. Not really. You know, that the difference between, I feel like the karaoke scene in um, Japan is that they just take it very seriously. So it's a lot of ballads. It's a lot of like, very serious, like don't interrupt me type of type of singing. It's and, not like the, here, and then it's here, here it's like, like drunk drinking, and silly. Yeah, right. exactly. And exactly. there it's like this, okay, we're going to go do exactly. everyone. Right. Wow, that's interesting. So at this club that I worked at, once a year they do different themed parties. So they would do like a beach theme and they would do this and that. And then this, they did this one year um, leather and lace theme. Right. So, you know, everyone gets all dressed up and, and I started acquiring a, a wardrobe or whatever. And no one that I worked with there knew that I was kind of getting into the the whole kink scene. So yeah. I just like show up one day, you know, with like this latex um, corset and these like thigh high boots. And they're like, who the hell? What? Is that you? Like, you know, because I was pretty, you know, unassuming sure. uh, back in the day. But yeah, I just did myself up and, and, and got all nuts. And and uh, I was like, I like wearing these kind of types of clothes all the time so when I would DJ I would wear that sort of style and when I go out I would wear I was like I just love I feel powerful I feel like beautiful I definitely cause a reaction right. and that's kind of fun for me to see as well you know like I just love it I just love it so, so you, you started doing kink in Tokyo yeah that's right that's right um and I I, I started doing more work at the dungeon that I was introduced to and I had a, like very um very amazing clientele that would come and see me and most of the clients could hardly speak English so before we started you know we would have to have an interpreter there to kind of like let me know what they were interested in and this and that but really like once we were left alone it was like fuck I hope I don't mess this up because we can't really communicate very There's well no, how do you at, do at safe words point. or something like that yeah exactly um you know that it was weird at the dungeon their safe word was mercy um and I guess anything like English that I would have to um, take as into consideration because there are certain things that they could say, right. you know, like, so, um, but the rest was just Japanese. And I went to school to learn Japanese and I dropped out because it was like fucking blowing my mind. Yeah. It was so hard yeah. and, and I could not like, I'm just not good with languages, unfortunately. So I just kind of like figured, let's just do it by, you know, energy and by body language. And I think that's actually been a really positive thing in my career because I really aware of how someone is is you know how his body is looking or how like any sort of energy I feel coming off from that person I'm super sensitive and in tune to it you know so you can you you can read them in two ways what they're saying yeah. and also what their body's telling you right right but I just feel like you know I think it definitely made me more aware of you know really like being aware of what the other person is doing and not just like all into myself I guess you know what I mean so let's yeah what if we Talk about Tokyo yeah. a little more because this is yeah, everything cool. on Tokyo. If you type in YouTube, Tokyo or Kinky, Japan, huh? anything. If you type in Japan or Japanese, fill in the blank, right? If you did Japanese toaster, yeah. you'd, you'd have a, a video of someone getting hit in the nuts with a toaster. How or crazy right? is it? I know. Everything it's is crazy. weirder. Okay, I wouldn't say weirder. Everything is more eccentric, it seems like, sure is. In, in Japan. It is. And it's so funny because, like, on the surface, everything seems so conservative, right. and you know what I mean. But then you have like you, the game you have you like ninety-year-old men reading these like freaky deaky hentai, like you know, magazines exactly. with like octopus aliens like raping school to school girls, you know. And you're just like, hmm, okay. Like, this is very like you can't even do that in the states. People are really like. I think even if you looked at like. Playboy on the train, people would give you some weird looks yeah, in, in yeah. New York. It's well, the the weird thing is is here's and maybe you can shed some light on it. So the the mentality is okay. We can't show, or we we can the show octopus. Egg. Yeah, we can right. show an octopus raping a schoolgirl <laughs> who's being uh, who's fisting her own mother, but we can't show there anyone's pubic, pubic hair. Pubic hair, I know. What is that? How weird is that? It's so funny. I, d I don't know. And it's really frustrating when you're watching porn in Japan. Everything's pixelated. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, everything is, is pixelated in that area. Um, you know, most most of the guys are able to acquire, like, regular porn anyway. But you go into these, like, I've done sessions in places called Love ho love Hotels. Mm -hmm. It's, like, by the hour. Um, but they're really, really nice um, considering, you know, it, they're not that expensive and, they have like a full range of different porn channels, 
both uh, Japanese and, you know, uh, American and all that. But yeah, everything is blurred out in that area. And I'm like, that's fucking frustrating, Imagine you know? Being like a young Japanese boy. <laughs> and you grow up watching Japanese porn and, and you're getting ready for your first time. So you're, you just turn 18 or whatever the age of consent is. You're right. on a date, right. whatever their prom is or something. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go down on her. And you look and you're like, Holy crap, what? where are your pixels? Yeah. <laughs> right? This looks nothing like... I don't know what to do. Right. You're completely different. I know I'm supposed to thrust in this area, yeah. but I don't know yeah, right? exactly the difference. Yeah, it's a, it's a trip, man. It's a trip there, you know, that they sell dirty underwear and the, the vending machines. It's real. Vending that machines? Is, that is dirty true. Dirty underwear and vending machines. I swear to God. How dirty. You... It's supposed to be dirty women, schoolgirl, but who knows where the fuck it's coming from. But right. um, they are pa- worn panties in... In um, vending machine that will be like just a block away from like a, a schoolyard. How, how is how do they okay. do it? Uh, <laughs> I know. I, uh, I've got so many questions about that. I know. <laughs> how do they do? They have like different styles of underwear too. Like yeah. okay, this one is lacy, and then they also have like okay, this was this is from a uh, a nineteen year old schoolgirl who went jogging with, with, in these, and these other ones are from a schoolgirl who was. That's a good question, but you know, because it, it's in the vending machine, right? So there, you know, there's different rows, and what they have is like a picture of who it's supposed to belong to. Oh, okay. So they have a picture of the girl, and then like you can see like if the panties are pink or white or this and that. And everything's in Japanese, so who knows? Like, maybe some panties are dirtier than others. Right. Who knows? I'm not quite sure about that. Chances but... are what it is. is it, we, since neither of us read Japanese, right. you, as far as you know, it could have the picture of the woman would say, these were worn by this woman's uncle. You know? <laughs> and we, you'd never be the wiser. You just assumed it was her, right? Right. Which probably was her uncle, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got that request a lot when I was in Japan. Um, if I would sell, you know, my dirty panties or... Um, socks or pantyhose and, What's the price? and all that I mean, stuff. How do you price, how do you price something um, like that? Pretty much the equivalent of like $100, I would. Right. Yeah. Um, and it kind of was just like, oh, I'm going to throw these away anyway. Right? Sure. Do you want to buy them for $100? And if, if they do, cool. If they, they don't, then no worries. <laughs> you know, who cares? It's just going to get thrown away. That's anyway. really interesting. It blows my mind. It's the coolest thing ever. Right. I love it. I love it. God bless them, man. God bless them. I, you know, I, I'm completely shocked by that. But I suppose, I whatever. <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. Are there other things that were more prevalent there? Yeah, than well, you know, because I've worked in so many different cities and countries. Um, but I have to say, overall, um, the sessions that I did in Tokyo were definitely those sessions where you're like, whoa, really? He wants me to do that? Like, you know, just like really far out, crazy stuff. Like one of my best clients, uh, who I'm still friends with today... He must be like, I swear he's like 100 years old by now, yeah. but he's like, he's definitely up there, hardly speaks English, uh, nicest old man ever, used to, you know, take me shopping all the time and out to dinner, just a really great guy. All he wanted me to do was dress him up in a chicken suit so he could cluck around and I would, he would bring hard boiled eggs with him, which I would put in his ass and he would cluck around pushing out the eggs and that was it. That's all he wanted to do. I saw him every week. He you know, treated me like a queen and, and that was it. He actually, he, yeah, like like the farmer that I was. Yeah. And, uh, he was actually in New York not too long ago. We went and saw, uh, the Yankees versus the Mets. Um, and they're not the Mets. It was even better than that. It was the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wanted to go for his birthday and I was like scared to death. He was going to keel over in the heat because he was literally like a hundred years old. Like, and unfortunately, because of our language barrier, it was really hard to like question him on where did this come from? Yeah. Why do you like getting dressed up like, like a chicken? Because I really want to know. Yeah, like because well, they, he was laying eggs. He wasn't. Well, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Come on now. <laughs> were they uh, white or brown eggs? Yeah, they were white eggs. Right, white eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know why? Uh, a lot of people have asked. I grew up on a farm. Do you know why? Do did you? Know you? Why? Do you know why brown egg? I don't know why brown eggs are making a comeback now, but do you know why? Because they're organic, or, or well, no, they're both. They're, you can have both white or brown egg. Mm-hmm. The reason why white eggs became more popular in the standard because we had always had brown eggs on the farm. Right. The reason is because the chickens. This is completely off topic. This cannot yeah. be further off topic. <laughs> chickens who lay white eggs lay more eggs than chickens who lay brown, brown eggs. Brown eggs. So oh, it's more in so the there's mass farmers. More of the white eggs than right. the brown eggs. Right. But some say that there are more health benefits for the brown eggs because of something that the 
chicken head, whatever. The pigment, maybe. Or oh, but that, but who knows? Yeah. Did you have any? Did you ever come up to any speculation of why, of like good, what it could have happened? Why he? You know, I mean, I just feel like for those that like to engage in animal play, whether it's I, I, what I mean by that is like if they like to be the pony or the puppy or that sort of stuff. Obviously, we we never play with real animals, sure. but. Um, because that would it's be just, weird. Yeah. Well, it's just not. I mean, I I believe in no children or animals sure. type of thing, you know. Because um, yeah. Um, but I guess it's just like this. Uh, just being something completely opposite of what you are, and just this like headspace. You know, when he was laying the eggs per se, you know, I'd say more eggs, more eggs, and then I would laugh a little bit and more eggs, and so it, there must have been some sort of like humiliation factor to it, but. So you would put several in his ass at once? No, I would. I, I would do one at a time. Right? Yeah, he couldn't handle much more than that. I, so I was just, I was just yeah. trying to paint. I don't know why I was trying to paint a better picture in my head of that. that yeah, <laughs> but but that's what I mean about ses- sessions in Japan. You know, it was not the run of the mill. You know what I mean? Like, I got a lot of splashing requests. I got a lot of um, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to think of them all. You know. Um, I did like a like kind of like not mud wrestling, but it was like kind of like a lube wrestling session, mm-hmm. like just very like not just like the whole spank and tie up type of thing, you know. Did you, did you get bored then when you started when you went to out outside of Japan? You were like, really, you no, just want to be spanked? No, it was amazing because I finally felt like now that I've kind of started learning that I can finally communicate with people on a whole nother level verbally. And they can communicate with me. And I feel like, wow, now I can really explore, you know, the, the creative side of this. And I'm a huge fan of role playing. And um, I don't know if that has to do with like, because I, you know, I was in acting like my whole life. I went to Juilliard and that sort of thing. Um, and I just really love being verbal and exploring different fantasies and this and that. So when I left Japan, I was like, oh, shit, this is like a whole new ball of wax that I haven't even gotten to to try and so I, when I got back to New York I was working at that dungeon uh, the Nutcracker for only for a few months and one of my first sessions there I remember very clearly it was a uh, Batman versus Catwoman and I was like oh I can't wait this is gonna be so exciting I haven't like really been talked in a session where someone can actually understand what I'm saying <laughs> like I'll talk in sessions in Japan but they don't really know what but, I'm yeah, saying you could, be, you could be saying anything unless right? yeah unless it's something very like clear like no you know, or dog, or whatever. Like, did you, you know, ever say, like, knowing that they didn't notice? Did you ever say like, <laughs> cheese grater egg McMuffin? Absolutely, or you did. Yeah, God, see, awesome. Sometimes. Great minds think alike. Only if it was kind of getting like a little slower or boring or whatever. <laughs> right. But yeah, just to kind of entertain ourselves. That's good. Um, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway, I did this Batman and, and Catwoman, and I got into the latex outfit, and I just remember like. I just was like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I was just, could, you could not shut me up to save your life. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to say this, you know. And <laughs> it was so much fun. It was really, really oh, cool. And That was like your first session back? Is that, yeah, yeah, great. the first session back in the States, yeah. And, you know, it's it's everything is just kind of different in every country I go in, which I think is so interesting, you know. And I always felt like New York definitely well maybe I attract this so I I won't speak for everyone but I normally get more requests for uh you know like uh mind fucking um lots of verbal lots of uh role-playing um uh a lot of submissives that are into exploring more sensuality than the really harsh and strict sort of play um and then I go to London and it's like everyone's requesting, you know, canings and paddling yeah. and spanking and go to Australia. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just so crazy, like how how it kind of. And then I was telling you um, earlier about Dubai and yeah. and it's like all foot worship, you know, fuck, it's like, why? It's really <laughs> like, why? I mean, we I guess we can look at London and, and you know, like the, a lot of corporal punishment was used in schools yeah. up until recently. So that makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, but me and uh, Mona Rogers, we actually went to Dubai together and we were thinking like, why is foot worshiping such a, a common and popular request? And I don't know. I felt we were kind of exploring the idea that, you know, in that culture, a lot of the time the women is supposed to uh, cover up quite mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Except they can expose their feet and maybe right. that's been sexualized yeah, because probably, of that. Right? Yeah. Eyes and feet. Feet. Right. Exactly. Now, 
because when I first heard Mona was going in, I, I didn't know you. Mm. Maybe we've met, you know, on the peripheral or something like that. But I, I didn't yeah. really know you. But I knew Mona, of course, because she had a lot of friends. And so yeah. when I heard she was over in Dubai, the first thing I thought was, how is she going to be safe? Yeah. Because you always hear these nightmare stories. I know. Of, of like weird shit going on. And if you are caught with breaking the law for any reason, you're going to get thrown in whatever. <clears throat> how did you ensure your safety when you went to Dubai? Did yeah. You, I mean, um, I had been um, meeting uh, clients in different countries that actually were based in Dubai, and I had been speaking with them for such a long time. We'd played in London and New okay. York and Australia and that sort of thing. So I just started, uh, you know, kind of accumulating uh, gentlemen that were living in Dubai, and they kept saying, you know, you have to come, you have to come. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to give it a shot. And then as soon as I committed to it, everyone's like, be careful. Don't bring any toys with you. Don't do this. Like, you have to cover your head. Like, I heard a million different things, and I'm like, I'm scared now. Right. Like, it's the first time I've ever traveled to a country where I kind of felt, like, on edge, you know? So before we went, you know, we made sure we didn't we didn't pack anything that could be, um, you know, depicted as a play toy. Yeah. Like, not even, like, our own personal vibrators, you right. know? We didn't bring anything like that, so... We had to get MacGyver on it and we had to like, you know, tie people up with stockings and neckties and like scarves, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, we were definitely MacGyvering it. But thankfully, there are so many requests for the foot worshipping and and that sort of aspect that it didn't really matter that we couldn't bring all our toys, you know. But yeah, it's just it's it's so funny when you think about, you know, coming from New York you feel like, oh, it's it's kind of conservative here in New York, and then you go to Dubai, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, you don't... We, like, were wiping our computers of stuff yeah. just because we were worried, what if someone, like, wants to search our computers? Of course. And we had a great time. We didn't see as many people as I wanted to see just because I wanted to feel feel out the waters yeah. a little bit. But was what was interesting is that I have some, um, you know, vanilla friends that live in Dubai as well who I was hanging out with, and we all went to a club one night, and we were dancing all night long, and um, then there was this after party at this guy's like huge house, and so we we're like partying and hanging out. And I like been in my heels all day, and I just like you know just, just wanted to take a break, so I like sat down and I took off my heels at this totally vanilla party. I was surrounded by like five guys instantly. Right. Hey, how's it going? Oh, your your feet are tired. You need a massage. Like literally, I had someone massaging my feet. Another one like saying, "Oh, your feet are so beautiful." And I'm this like, is a vanilla party. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely vanilla. And I was like, hmm. You know, because the, actually there was gorgeous women at this party too, and um, I was getting all the attention because I took my shoes off. Do you think? I wonder if because. Women are not exactly in in that part of the world. Aren't mm-hmm. you know really treated with the utmost respect? Or right, like that. right. But they have they have an idea of what Western women are based on by TV, right? Right. And so they think, okay, Western women are they're wild, they're crazy. It's all about sex and everything and whatever. Uh, so they have more. Maybe they're more comfortable with the idea yeah, or something like that. Yeah, or? I think that's right. I think they do realize that western women are are different than than you know the women that they've been surrounded with and i definitely feel like they they treat you better than maybe the women that live there you know what i mean oh, yeah no absolutely they, yeah, yeah yeah in fact um, it almost makes you want to go over there and go assholes mm-hmm. if you just let them do whatever they mm-hmm. want you could do this all the time I know, you know i know it's so crazy there is considering you know the limitations there it just makes you kind of want it more, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when someone tells you no, right, you know, that's all you want to do, obviously. Yeah. So that's it, how you feel. It's forbidden, this, it's a little more. There's like this sexual tension just everywhere. Sort of like the lambada, yes, the forbidden dance. Forbidden dance, dance right. yes. <laughs> so you went from Tokyo to New York in yeah. that order? Well, yeah, no, um, <laughs> I was all over the place. I was in Australia as well, but I didn't really do that much doming in Australia. I was mostly just doing... Um, uh, DJing and I was going to school for audio engineering. Oh, cool! Yeah, so um, I was in Tokyo for a year, Australia for a year, back to Tokyo, and then to New York. Wow! Yeah. How do you? How does one travel so much? Right. Well, it's uh, it it was funny because when I went to Tokyo after nine eleven, I just wanted to kind of just be in a totally different, um, you know, environment, and I thought, what's more different? Uh, than like an Asian country right. you know I didn't want to just go to like Europe or London you know so um, and I had also heard that you know um, I had friends at DJ that had been to Tokyo and they said you could probably get work you know for some reason if you say 
you know, you're from New York and you're a DJ, they take you more seriously. Like you're, you're somehow a better DJ because of that. Right. Just you know, you're from Buffalo, New York. Right. Well, back in, back in 2002, um, there still weren't that many girl DJs, to be honest. So it was still kind of a novelty, and especially to be from New York and tall and blonde like I was. Uh, so I, I just figured I'd try to try to get out there and, and do some DJing there. And what was supposed to be a three-month trip turned into, like, you know, I was gone. I was never stepped foot in the States for, like, three years wow. pretty much. Yeah. Wow. So um, there, you know, I... I, I Pretty much every three months, you just, you know, take off for like a couple months and I'd go to like Thailand for a month or I'd go to Bali or something like that. And then I'd come back to Tokyo to renew my tourist visa. And then in Australia, I was there on a student visa. So, um, you know, that it was easy to travel that way. And once you start traveling, it's so hard to stop. You're like, where's the next trip, right. you know? So finally, I go back to New York after being away for so long and, you know, I'm ready to explore the, the whole dominatrix scene in New York not having any clue where to start so I just saw an ad on Craigslist like you know uh, get paid to dominate men no right. sex no nudity blah 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 I'm like that sounds like that sounds like um, that's something I could look into so yeah I was at Nutcracker for a few months I wasn't very happy there just because I, I didn't really like how things were run and um, as soon as I kind of got my bearings I just went out as an independent and during that time, you know, I was doing a lot of seminars um, at Purple Passion. They had, like, seminars all the time. And Classes and stuff. There, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And did a lot of reading and this and that. And um, was working as an independent and, and still, like, traveling within the United States, like, to Boston or Chicago and, and that sort of thing. And um, I started um, um, working at a place that was um, just starting up. And since I had the most experience, the owner asked, you know, if I would train the new girls to be dominatrixes. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So got together like my little, you know, um, what, what do you call it? Like lesson plan and... 101. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like totally 101. And I had all these like worksheets from all these classes I have taken and this and that. And I'm like compiling them and this and that. And started teaching the women that were coming to this new dungeon and I just loved it. I thought it was so much fun. And um, my vanilla girlfriends were like, can we sit in on a class? Because they were so fascinated by the whole thing. They wanted to learn how to like dominate their boyfriends yeah. or their husbands or whatever. And sometimes I'd have them like sit in on the class and they loved it. And um, just more and more people like asking me to, to teach them. And so... I was just like, well, I think I should start doing this as work as well and get some money out of it, you know? And that's how I kind of started forming my company that I have now called Dommy Dolls. Um, you know, I was training um, ladies interested in pursuing this as a career, but also um, women just interested in getting kinky in the bedroom with their boyfriends as well. So it just kind of took off. It's just interesting, um, you know, because you see the transformation when you're, especially if you're dealing with women that are, you know, uh, very vanilla and maybe they're taking the class or doing the workshop because you know they they just kind of want to see what's up or you, you know the girls walk in or the women excuse me walk in and they're kind of like timid and like nervous you know because I'm sure they've had all sorts of ex like ideas of what kink is just like how I did when I yeah. first was exposed to it and you know you see like pretty hardcore images online and if it's something that you're not familiar with, that can be really intimidating, you know? Um, I don't think there's many websites that kind of promote, like, uh, you know, the baby steps into the whole lifestyle. It's like either, it's, you know, latex masks and chains and whips or nothing, you know what I mean? So Not only that, there, there are very few websites who actually promote, even though they, they're, they're under the guise of these, these women are doing what they want. It's, it's not really, it's you know, not, you can tell yeah. that they're doing, it's all for guys because as well as they're consuming the porn, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, how do you how do you do the do you do have like I'm assuming you have several classes you have like a yeah yeah so what is it how what do you start with? Well, it's it really <laughs> it's really funny because what we we try to do is just kind of uh, we let the women know like you know this everybody kind of needs a break from themselves so you know why a dominatrix might be very popular is because you know men have so much pressure and always being masculine and in charge and in control and. You know, sometimes you just need a break from being that person. Maybe you want to be someone else for a while. And what would that be? What would that possibility be to you? You know, if, if, 
if you were a dominatrix or a mistress, what kind of mistress would you be? You know, would you be like an ice queen from right. from Germany, or right. would you be, you know, uh, you know, this like hot blooded like Latin dominant? You know, there's so many different possibilities. So we start exploring um, what sort of alter alter ego would they like to to embrace yeah. and like look into? You know, what would your mistress name be? You know, like what sort of things do you think you'd really like? You like, you know. Um, tying your boys up and teasing them until they beg for you to 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 stop yeah. or you know and the girls start getting like oh this is fun like this is like playtime yeah. you know like they start imagining these all like different personas that they could be and it doesn't have to be anything hardcore or overtly sexual or whatever it can be so many different possibilities so we start exploring different possibilities of different alter egos they they want to look look into and then we start talking about some very basic things um, as far as, you know, the different players in the kink scene, as far as tops and bottoms and dominants and submissives and fetishists and, and switches and all that sort of thing, kind of giving them an understanding that you don't have to be one thing or another, you know, you can be several different things. And just cause you like feet doesn't mean that you're a slave just because, right. you know, you like to spank someone, um, doesn't mean that you want to be in charge all the time, you know, maybe just enjoy the, this, this, the sensual out like the sensation of it all. So, um, that was like one of the most important things for them to understand is like the psychology behind it. And that, um, like we were talking about just because, you might enjoy getting a spanking doesn't make you a slave yeah. or that you have to think of yourself as being low, like lower than anyone else, you know? And what was really interesting was, um, cause we bring in a male model, sometimes a female model to, uh, use as like the, the boy toy or mm. whatever for the demonstrations. And we play these games just to make things really lighthearted. And if the ladies, you know, they don't call themselves or call each other by their mistress names or new mistress names, they get spanked. And so ladies actually will do these things in class to purposely get in trouble. So they oh, have to fine. get spanked. And the, the, the model will spank them and they'll be like, harder, you know, and everyone's <laughs> laughing and they... They start to realize, like, oh, I, I like to wear the pants, and then I like to right. let go as well. You know what I mean? So it's not just about you know embracing your dominant side, but just kind of being open to to both personalities, I guess. You know. I imagine it's also it seems like the way you're put your your framing it too is not the scary, mm. you know, the scary way that most kink is. Like you said, uh, Pulp Fiction. Right. That's what a, what's could be less attractive. I know. I than know. That, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, because um, you just see the, you know, um, in so many movies too, you know, you just see certain things being depicted and, you know, the person's like in pain and this and that. You don't really get to see like, oh, they really like that. Though. Right, <laughs> you right, know, right. you don't see behind the scenes and like, you know, the, the negotiation of it all. Of and like, you know, um, and uh, that, that they love it, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny. And it's exciting because, um, you know, I want to promote kink in a positive way because it's done such a positive thing for my life. I'm so glad that I fell into it because it really has changed me for the better and it made me more comfortable in my own skin and, and proud to be who I am, really, you know? And it's also, um, like you said, there are so many negative aspects of it sure. in the media. In the media, right. And, uh, mm -hmm. and being able to paint it in a way that, you know, you're not you're not walking in like Helga from the SS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's probably... <laughs> That's that's a benefit, which most most people do assume. Yeah. That oh, you know, if your girlfriend's a dominatrix, then she must be, you know, whatever. Yeah, you must be your bitch then. Well, huh? Exactly. <laughs> you know, which I am, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> they don't realize that you can be masculine and someone's bitch at the same absolutely, time. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, yeah, that's always been fun uh, conversations to have. But um, well, because you know, I oh god, I mean, I was doing the dom the doming work for several years before even like best friends knew about it and family like now everybody knows because yeah. you just get to a certain point where you're just like fuck it like so i'm so happy you, right now like i'm very well i um i my mom was visiting new york and um you know i told her that i i wanted to have a more like open relationship with her basically and and so it was cool because you know she was talking about her past and this and that so basically, my mom's been married. Um, and my, my family's comes like a huge divorce rate in my family, which yeah. is so funny. Anyway, my mom's been married like five times. And um, her second husband, 
um, she was telling me this story. This is before she knows what I do. She's telling me this story. She comes home, and he's wearing, like, all of her clothes. You know, he's all dressed up in her dresses and heels and this and that. And it, like, freaked her out. And, um, you know, I told my mom, like, well, I have something interesting to tell you. On that note, um, I'm actually a dominatrix part-time. And she's like, really? Wow. So what does that mean? That's usually like, everyone's always like, wow. And then, what, what does that mean, mean exactly? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because it can mean several yeah. things, right? Oh, it absolutely. Can. You know, it definitely can. Absolutely. And um, so I was telling my mom, you know, what my limits are. I don't do, uh, you know, sex and stuff like that. And I just, you know, I told her it, it could incorporate a lot of things, but I have a lot of clients that like to be dressed up as women. And it's one of my, actually, I really enjoy doing those sessions because it's like playtime. It's like dress up time, yeah. you know, and I like to dress them up and put on makeup and, and all that sort of thing. And, and, um, you know, my mom is just kind of like, Oh, interesting. Like interesting point of view because she always had this like weird outlook on all of that, you know? So now this negative experience, right? Right. Right. So now, so now, um, you know, I talk about, it. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, uh, China to see this client, this and that. And she's like, Oh, cool. Like, so what's this guy into? I'm oh, like, she'll, oh, she'll ask you. Yeah. She'll actually yeah, ask yeah. And I'll, I'll be like, Oh, he's, he's really into tickling. That's like his biggest thing. And it's just like, you're getting paid and flown to China to tickle Someone, are you fucking serious? There's a billion people there. Are you serious? You can't yeah. find one person to do. <laughs> Not that I'm sure she's complaining, but still, that's very, that's very. Yeah, it just blows her mind, and sometimes it blows my mind as well. Um, you want to talk briefly about music? Yes, please. I just finished a mix, actually. Um, I'm starting to do uh, these uh, DJ mixes because, um, you know, when I'm in session, I always like think, what kind of music do I want to listen to? Yeah. And it's so funny, I go to to dungeons and they're like oh we have um you know like the typical stuff i'm trying to think like what's the typical like um it's, it's why am i drawing nine a blank inch nails. it's gonna be nine inch yeah nails, nine inch, inch nails and portis head yeah. right 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 and um and randy that, newman no I mean, um, <laughs> right we just played short people and yeah. i love la over and over again <laughs> And and you got a friend in me from Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I started doing um these mixes where because um, I DJ and I do mixes all the time yeah. to give promoters and and whatever. And um, so this is not for the be- uh, dance floor; it's for the bedroom or it's for behind closed doors, yeah. whichever your preference. And um, so a lot of the music, you know, has a, it sort of incorporates kind of chill music but with edge as well. So it's not like a Cafe Del Mar per se or like a Buddha bar because you got to have a little more there. So, um, yeah, so we're, we started this new series called Alter Egos and I just released uh, number two and hopefully the next one will be out for the fall. And it's just been getting really good feedback and I, I kind of want to pursue it on a wider scale because I feel like, you know, the, the Buddha bars and the Cafe Del Mars are all good and well when you're at the beach and, and maybe when you're ready to make love. But what right. about when you're, you Just know, want to, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I kind of want to, like, put that out um, and uh, see see how well it would do, you know, in the mainstream market as well. Well, people, I'll have the link on the website so people will be able to find out not just where you are right. playing and, and, and where you are on the web, but also your, your DJing as well and... Uh, that would be really awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think music's so important when you're playing, though, isn't it? Like, for me, it is. I, it's very it, important. I've had sessions where the guy asked for complete silence, and that's fine. I can do it, but I really love, like, having something on in the background. I'm just very, like, audio-oriented. There's two, when it comes to music, and that's why, in playing, for me, uh, I, I, I prefer either no music or, you know, if it's music... I usually, usually I, I won't even realize that there's music playing because I get so into whatever's yeah. happening. Yeah, of course. But I do sometimes, like if there have been times when I've been playing with someone and she'll say something and the music has been really loud and I have to break the whole thing by going, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Please could you please, re- could you please say that again, please? <laughs> no, okay, one, one last time and I swear I'll get it. And then they'll say it again and, you, and I have to say, Yes, and I, I just like what did I just agree to? <laughs> what did I just agree to? You know, I think the music's too loud. That's right. funny. <laughs> but uh, it, it's really uh, if the music is really bad, like uh, if, like if 
you know, Randy Newman does come on because it's, they got it on shuffle. <laughs> right. That's another. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's funny. But uh, but no, we can we can hear your personal. Yeah. Mixes. So yeah. you have like corporal mixes. You have mixes. Is this what you're thinking? I haven't doing? gotten that specific. No, no, no. I just kind of um, just like how when I'm when I'm playing in session, you know, I like to start off at one point and then you know build and build and build and build right. and I kind of do that with my oh, music wow, as great. well yeah so I, I do that with my music as well um, and it covers everything you know I put some rock and roll in there I put some down tempo some yeah. dubstep like um, electro house like everything you know I just mix it up so there's something for everyone and I unlike you know my professional mi- mixes for when I DJ at clubs or whatever you know it's so so much about like oh playing the latest and greatest new music mm-hmm. and these mixes is like there's a lot of old stuff on there and you hear it and you're like oh yeah I love this song this is a great song you, you know, know? Kind of like setting ambiance and everything yeah, like that too yeah. it, it's really great well I can't wait to I can't wait to listen to them well so. you think about like there's so many um, like you know like the Rihanna's and the Gaga's yeah. and stuff that are you know using you know the the fetish scene as a way to kind of stand out you know what I mean no, Which but like is, Rihanna I, I don't think she's really kinky you know I don't get that no. little vibe that she's really taught you know not at all. I'm, I'm watching it going this is not no <laughs> this is someone who's trying to act there's a big difference but it's it's the difference between someone who so dresses risque, dresses yeah. up as a dominatrix for Halloween yeah and as someone yeah. who you know actually dresses I know. up as little Bo Peep because she is a dominatrix on yeah you know, yeah it's so funny I'm like well they should have some real people involved in the lifestyle that you know are in music and, exactly. and DJ and stuff like really actually do something for a change absolutely. you know so absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well thank you so much for doing oh, this oh I'm so this glad was I was here thank you so much I hope you're willing to fun. come back and we can talk about uh, what your experience in Thailand is all is, is about absolutely and, and, uh, it'll, be it'll be a lot of fun and also uh, uh, we're gonna have uh, Mona back as well oh cool so maybe we can have you both back to to Corroborate each other's stories. Let's do it. I'm going to bring back some fuzzy porn for no, you. Oh, that's great. Yeah, please. <laughs> Just pixelated porn. That's yeah, exactly, thank you. Exactly <laughs> thank you very much for doing Thank this. you, darling. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Nina. And she has, like I said, you know, DJ, educator, and just all around awesome person. You can see her many different websites, her Twitter account, Facebook account, all that stuff. Um, and also, you can hear audio samples of her work all on the website massacast.com you'll see all the links uh, presented there for you also uh, a link to the fetish film festival in Kiel Germany that's coming up October 25th and 29th and um, and no I just so you know I, I didn't I'm not charging them anything to to talk about them they emailed me they said hey we listen would you mind talking about this and I'm sure here you go boom done and it's been my experience too never to piss off a German so Thank you for listening, and we will see you in another couple weeks.